We're right to run. Red light now. Ready to run. They're all set and they're off and racing. The gates crash back in Wagga Wagga. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the 20 Minutes to Post podcast. I'm Max. I'm going to be joined by Nathan today to look at some of the feature racing happening this weekend. Nate, how are you doing? I'm doing amazing, my friend. Very excited to get back onto this podcast. It went really well last week. I had a lot of really good feedback, so you're killing it, Maxie. And, uh, you know, we kind of spruced a few at a nice price as well. I just want to don't want to toot our own horn too early, but we did we did sort of maybe swerve into a few winners. But, um, yeah. you know, and obviously on the graphic as well, I believe your best bet saluted as well. So hopefully we can get a few more winners uh, coming into next weekend. Yeah, another best bet saluted. You were spruiking a few ones like Autorius and, uh, you know, you even had Portland uh, Sky, a bit of a spruik as well. Speaking of that weekend of racing just gone, we'll have a look at some of the results, starting off at Caulfield with the Group 1 Blue Diamond Stakes taken out by Artorius. That was one of, that you spruiked. We also had the Oakley Plate. Now, that was a dead heat between Portland Sky and Celebrity Queen. And then we also had the Group 1 Futurity taken out by Probabil. Now, of those three, what was the highlight? Which one was your favourite? Of those three, um, look, I think I've got to go, you know, bizarrely, I'm actually going to go with Portland Sky, purely because mm. I thought of, of all the runners in the Oakley Plate, I mean, there was a stack of unlucky runners, right? And and I think we all agree with that. Watching the race, there was like 12 across the track. Yep. Anything got hampered. But Portland Sky stayed on really, really well with a low mm. weight, to be fair, but it was a hot tempo, like it always is an Oakley Plate, but kept sticking on and sticking on. Celebrity Queen, obviously the eye catcher of the race, but I yep. thought the toughest horse was Portland Sky. Yeah, for me, I'm actually going to go the other way. I'm going Celebrity Queen uh, purely because, man, Willie Pike, he had a day out. I mean, mm-hmm. he plays second in the Futurity. He plays second in the Blue Diamond Stakes. And then he also ends up dead heating in the Oakley Plate. So that is a great return for him coming to Melbourne. Uh, also at Rose Hill, they had some Group 2 racing. They had the Silver Slipper Stakes taken out by Home Affairs. That's going to be getting off into the Golden uh, Slipper up next. We also had the Millie Fox with subpoenaed taking that out and then we also had the Hobartville stakes taken out by Aegon of those three who was your favorite um again uh, I'm gonna go for the obvious I think I'm gonna go with Aegon um mm. only but I mean because four for four in New Zealand and you always go fuck man like these things keep coming over and they just keep beating us and here we go yeah. again we had another one and you know I think the market in the end, got it wrong. It kept drifting and drifting. I think they thought wetter the better, but really, none of its form had really shown it was necessarily a mm. wet track horse. And then all of a sudden, it was four four fifty at jump time, and then uh, I believe Peltzer was the horse that got hit into about two fifty at start, and yep. that was way too short. So, um, you know, I think Aegon was the eye catcher in terms of the one that you want to follow later. I mean, it's four for four now, or five for five now. Is it five for five? Five for five. At the five moment, for five yeah. now. Yeah. So. Um, look, all credit goes to to Murray Baker there. I mean, they keep bringing over these great horses. So I think Aegon's the key runner that of those three races that I'm looking at. Yeah, no, for me, it's actually subpoenaed. Um, I think subpoenaed's really starting to show. It's reached, you know, potentially. It's showing the promise that it showed so much of early in its three-year-old career. So sure. for it to come out and win again and win quite dominantly as well, at one by um, uh, just over a length, I thought it was pretty impressive. Um, highlight from the weekend, Nathan, give us your highlight. What it, what was your real, you know, spectacular thing that you loved from this weekend? Man, I'm going away from Saturday, um, and I'm going to Sunday over in Hong Kong at Sha Tin. We had three really group one, well, two group one races, then the the second leg of the four year old series. And uh, for those who don't know, follow me on Twitter. I, I always spruik a winner or two, or try to spruik a winner or two over. Oh, at you Sha definitely Tin. do. You always spruik a winner or two at Sha Tin. <laughs> do be best. I do be best. And uh, so, <laughs> if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see my tips go up on there uh, quite often. And um, 
I was betting around a few horses, and then all of a sudden we get to one of the Group 1 races, and it's Golden 60, man. Uh, I believe it's got a record of 17 for 16 wins. Uh, and this race just, I mean, I didn't expect much from it. It was a small, uh, I believe, seven-horse field, but Golden 60 against Furore. Joe Marrero on Furore almost stealing the race. One of my favorite moments of the weekend. One of my favorite races of the year in the Classic Cup. Um, and Golden 60, again, showing just it knows how to win. And you love that in a horse. You love seeing them come down the outside and know where the line is at the right time. And that was what happened with Golden 60. I was I was just super impressed, as I always am. And that was my highlight because I just – I mean, I wanted to go a little bit outside the box as well. But when you get a match race – well, a race that turns out to be a match race in the end, and it, and it goes so well – um, I was just over the moon with that race and, and happy to go with that. Yeah. So for me, I've actually gone with a horse that ended up losing. So Enther running sixth in that blue uh, in the blue diamond stakes. I actually think it's a blessing in disguise. Uh, we didn't back it that day, but since it's run six, it's now drifted out to $15 in the golden slipper market. For me, I want to be all over that. Depending on how the barrier draw goes for it, it's going to be in the race. It's going to be you know, up on speed and tell you what, I really, really like that, you know, it hit the line pretty well when you consider how hard it had to work from that really, really wide gate, had to maintain a lot of its speed because there was a lot of pressure early and tell you what, the rail was off that day. You wanted to come Absolutely. down the middle of the track and, you know, you can't really take leaders, especially a leader where it's always hugged the rail. It's always had the rail to guide it the whole way along. So the rail was definitely off. So for me, there are questions whether or not it can see out the 1200 meter. I think it can. I think that's probably, you know, it's the furthest distance it's going to be able to get to. So for me, Enthar, that's going to be the horse to follow. Even though it was pretty disappointing in most people's eyes, I want to be having a piece of that in the Golden Slipper. Just on that, I'm pretty confident I read a, a sectional time. It ran the quickest, I believe, the, between the 1000 and 600. I think it ran the quickest of the day. So. Mm. I mean, it was never pulled in. Zara had no choice but to let it roll. Um, and I don't think that was ideal, obviously, like you said, from the wide gate. A total forgive run, and I agree. It, it could a lot of like really poor horses bomb out. The, the mm. fact it finished in the top 10, I think, indicates that it's still a pretty quality galloper. I wouldn't be running away from Mthar either. Good call. Yeah, the fact that it was only three lengths behind Ortorius, I think that, you know, is really quite showing. A lot of the other horses, you know, General Bow, that was the only other one that stayed on from that front pack. Everything else faded uh, towards the back. So I think that's going to be a horse that I want to follow going forward. Now, looking ahead to this weekend, we got some Group uh, Group 1 racing at both uh, Melbourne and Sydney. We'll start with Flemington. They got the Australia Guineas for three-year-olds, and then they've also got the Group 2 Blamey Stakes. Track is a good four, and the rail's out two metres. Weather, going to be sunny, hopefully. Then we've also got feature racing at Ramwick. This is where the Group 1s really start. This is going to be, you know, the Sydney Carnival. It's officially kicking off here. You've got the Group 1 Chipping and Autumn Stakes Day. you also got the Group 1 Surround Stakes for the uh, three-year-olds. And then you've also got a ton of Group 2 races, but one that I want to um, really have a eye on is the Sweet Embrace for two-year-old fillies. Right now, they've got a soft seven as the um, track rating. The rail's in the true, and it's looking like there is going to be some showers. Um, according to the BOM, there's going to be some showers, but that did us undone last week uh, because we were expecting a big uh, downpour, but that didn't happen. So let's find some winners, Nathan. We'll start off with the sweet embrace at Group 2 level, Ramwick Race 3. What do you like? Um, look, I think it's a pretty open race in the sense that the market is trying to shift us into a certain runner, and that runner is obviously um, 
pardon me, I'm just forgetting the market up now. Uh, four the, moves ahead. Yeah, four moves ahead. Obviously, scratch first up uh, on what we thought was going to be a heavy track, but ended up being more into the soft sort of range. Four moves ahead was on, would have been on top pick last week if it had gotten the run going into this one. I'm happy to steer clear at the 270. I think the price is just all just about untouchable there. I'm not too keen mm. to play at the 270. I'm going back to the top, man. I think she's all class, is all class, and I'm happy to mm. play that way. $4.40 to me is a steal. It should be the favorite. It gets barrier 14. Now, that's my only issue. It drew wide in the Magic Millions race where it lost to Shaquiro. Uh, and it got caught out deep and didn't quite have enough time to wind up. But if you go back to its win at Wyong, and, and, and it really did a, a good time on a soft track, but it it hammered them by about five lengths at Wyong. Uh, and I think She's All Class is the class runner. I think it is the wrong price. I think it'll jump favourite provided the market finds it. I think Four Moves Ahead's a very good horse, but I'm happy to take the other one. Yeah, for me, I had Four Moves Ahead on top, but a couple that I just want to point out is Mallory. Uh, it's had two starts for a second and a first. Uh, that second was behind Enthar, we know is a superstar of a two-year-old. And then also winning that race, it's a come-from-behind sort of horse. So the fact it's drawn out wide, barrier 12, that won't be an issue. It's going to go towards the back. The other one that I want to have a play on is at the other end of the speed map and it's going to be going forward, sliders. Godolphin horse, Rachel King jumps on board, currently at $41. So I reckon it's a good each-way bet uh, to have a crack at. It's had some good trials recently, uh, ran second at a trial in Kembla, wasn't really worked too hard. Have a look at that trial if you get the chance. It's actually really eye-catching. The other horses were pushed hard quite along, and it managed to, you know, hold its spot and keep up with them, you know, while pretty much almost in a canter. Um, so it's had the one start at Newcastle in the Max Lee's Classic, and then it also ran at a two-year-old handicap, beating by um, Rombadira. Uh, that's also in this race. But I think um, Sliders, it's going to be at the max, you know, it's going to be pushed out to as far as it can probably go, 12,000 metres, up on speed. Hopefully Rachel King can get a nice split at the top of the straight, and that's going to be the horse I want to have a play on. I just want to look at one other runner as well, uh, just because I think it could be the right form line. If I'm going to take anything from the Profiteer run, the one I want to take is nice for what? Um, uh, mm. So the top two for me, one and two, uh, they're the two that I'll be playing with. And obviously I have to save on yours at 40 to one, but um, <laughs> uh, nice for what? I think drew wide, drew the car park, never really got a good run into or good cart into that Profiteer race. If that's the right form line, that's what we've got to wait for. And then we'll mm. see later on into the prep, obviously how that goes, because nothing's really come out from it yet. But um, if I want to take another one from that race, it'll be nice for what? Just wanted to put yeah. that one in there as well. And Mara and Eustace Stable, I mean, their two-year-olds, especially this year, have been really, really impressive. Like Fake Love in there as well as Enthar. Yep. Like they've got a really good crop of two-year-olds. All right, let's move on to the Chipping Nordum. This is probably the feature race of the day. It pretty much looks almost identical to the Apollo Stakes. Uh, just going on history, little fun fact about the Chipping Nordum was won by Tiako Shark last year. Winks, the last four years behind that. And then another horse that also did the four-peat was Tie the Knot back in 99, uh, uh, all the way through to 2002. So looking at this market, very similar to the Apollo Stakes. How are you putting them together, Nathan? Uh, all right, so I'll, I'll I'll preface it by saying I'll be very I'll be playing very lightly into this race, um, mm. purely because of the market. The market's got it completely right. I think Very Elegant deserves to be two dollars sixty favorite. If you tell me to put one on top, it's Very Elegant. I think Very Elegant second up mile uh, on a deep, on at least a softish kind of kind of a track. I think works well. I think it rates well. Um, not the grand final, obviously, but um, mm. I, th- I still feel like it's the best horse 
Um, and second up, I'm happy to go that way if I had to put one on top. Um, a couple sort of ones to look at as savers, maybe as some small plays. Um, if it gets really wet, I'm going to say it, Max, one of yours, Avilius. Yep. Um, yep. I think if, it's, if it starts to get quite bog, he's one that you can look at uh, at a nice 15 to 1. And then it's been, it was do accepted for a few races, so I think Waller's kind of got it in his head that Funstar could run a race here at around 11 to 1. So they're the other two. Master of Wine's an interesting one. What are you going to get? But um, look, all things considered, I have to have Very Elegant on top. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to dive into the price. That's my only query. Yeah, for me, I'm going to be taking the Apollo uh, Exacta same way. I'm going to be going Colette into Colding. For me, I was really impressed with uh, what happened with Colette. There was a ton of Waller horses in the race, and they would have game plan to have one of them winning. And yet Colette just somehow managed to find the split, and then when it had the split, 200 metres to go, it just bolted for it. Rachel King wrote it an absolute peach, and I think it's going to be the same thing again. Sure, it's got the wide barrier, but I don't think that's going to be too much of an issue going back. you concerned at all about the price uh, in terms of obviously it won first up and you got a nice price around the $11. Now you've got to take $3.30. Do you think, yep. does that influence the way you bet in the race? So, like, for example, are you just going to play Colette on top or purely the exacta? Well, for me, I'm probably going to be taking the exacta. Between Very Elegant and Colette, I think at this distance range, I think they're pretty evenly matched. Okay. Um, and also on the soft track, I think this early in the prep, I want to be more with Colette. Very Elegant, it's going to be focusing. I reckon the Tankred, that's going to be the ideal run where it's like, that's where they're going to be going for a win. They need to get a win before they go to the Queen Elizabeth. And I think the Tankerud is probably going to be that race for Very no Elegant. Um, yeah. So I don't want to be backing Very Elegant until then. And you're probably not going to get a great price um, either. So for me, I just think the $3.30 is a lot better price about than $2.60. I'm not going to be having a big play uh, on this race. And for me, Colding, I was really impressed. The fact that you know it was up on speed, there wasn't really too much speed in the race with Dreamforce being scratched in it. Um, getting pushed forward, it stayed on for second really, really well. So I think Colding can probably do the same again here, drawn barrier two. That's how I want to be playing, is I want to be taking the Exacta or a Quinella, depending on which way you go, Colette into Colding. And now we go on to probably the most interesting race uh, on the card for that Ramwick card. We're on to the Surround Stakes. So Surround, fun fact, that horse is the only three-year-old to go on and win the Cox Plate. Previous round, uh, last year's winner was Probabile, who has come out and to become a very serious horse, um, having won multiple group ones now. With the surround stakes, 1,400, what do you like here, Nathan? Well, I will just quickly say on Probabile, if it's a dry track, I reckon it might have won the Cox Plate, to be fair. Um, mm. And so on this, uh, there was a few at nice prices that I really liked, um, but one really stuck out to me, and I kept looking at the market, and I was just confused. And the horse that I, I really want to back on an each-way basis is Forbidden Love. Um, it's done nothing wrong. Uh, wet mm. track, dry track, doesn't matter. Uh, it's to some really nice horses. It's beaten Joviality. It's beaten. Uh, it's been right in, in quality uh, Phillies and Mares Group 1 level with Shout the Bar. Uh, the face has come on to be a really quality horse. And this this Magic Millions race, I'm not exactly sure what to make of it yet. It's sort of up and down form line. But Drawn Barrier 3, 
10 for 4 and 4, doesn't mind it wet, doesn't mind it dry, should get a nice cart into the race in behind the leaders. I just feel like it's the wrong price compared to some of these. I know it only won at um, Gosford before it went up to, to the Gold Coast, but prior to that, he's got really good uh, listed level sort of quality races on his on his belt. And I know Dame Giselle and the likes that are shorter probably present um, a bit more fair in the market, but Forbidden Love for me, I think, is the wrong price. So I'm happy to go there. And two little ones that I want to just mention that I think are well over the odds. I know it's first up, but Montefila, I think even from Barrier 11, I think could could really run a bold race uh, in this one. And then down the bottom of the page, I want to be forgiving a joviality. Um, 34 to 1, I think, is the wrong price again. Barrier next to Forbidden Love, which I always like when I'm looking in the, at the, the my, my main horse. Um, so, yeah, a few big odds here. Um, happy to steer clear of Danger Zelda around the 450 in as the favourite. Um, yeah, going a bit wide in this one because, like you said, I think it's probably the hardest race of the day. Yeah, quick question about Forbidden Love. Mm. Uh, are you worried it's been, you know, racing for so long? It hasn't been gone for a spell for quite a while. Is that an issue? Uh, look, it's probably – it puts doubt in your mind in terms of is this the quote-unquote grand final? Is it what, like, you know, what were they really aiming for? And that's a fair call. Obviously, I would have, I would have imagined that the Magic Millions would have been the grand final. And, and when things yep. didn't play out, play into their hands there, they thought, well, let's find a good good race here. And the surround, I don't think there's a better race in Sydney uh, this weekend than that race. So it makes total sense to me that they're going there. As long as the horses fit and well, I don't see why it can't run a good race. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I might have to actually, yeah, factor it in, in my selections now. Uh, I didn't really, I wasn't the biggest fan of it, to be honest. For me, I'm going to be going uh, with every rose once again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got to follow it. You two weeks ago. Yeah. So for me, when the barrier draw came out and I saw it got 16, most horses, you'd look at that and you'd be like, oh, no, I've drawn out wide. I've got a horse that wants to go forward. It's going to get caught deep. For me, that's a big tick. If you go back, have a look at its run in the light fingers. It was drawn the widest gate, and all it did was just push forward, went you know, across the entire field, and nothing else wanted to challenge it. And it's basically facing a very similar field this time around. There's not that many speed horses in the race. And for me, I think every rose... Tommy Sherry on board, I think, is just going to push forward and, you know, find, hopefully find the lead quite easily. If there's a lot of pressure up front, they might pressure it now that they know that every rose is the sort of horse that is able to kick on. Um, but for me, I'll be having a play again. $18 for me, that's just gravy. I love it. The other one I want to have a look at is um, a little bit of an X factor um, compared to the rest of these is La Mexicana. Uh, Tommy Marquand, he's going to be having his first Saturday back. And I think this is probably going to be, you know, the best chance that he has to actually get a winner. He hasn't got the best book of rides, but he does have a ride in every race. And I think he's going to be taking one home and potentially could be uh, one of the group ones of the season. So La Mexicana coming up from Melbourne, I give it a chance. My only knock was the trip. I wasn't quite as, as confident as you are over 1,400 metres. Um, it's only run over 1,400, I believe it lost to, I can't remember now. but Ran was, second to um, Hindam. Yeah, which, you know, like, I'm not saying that that's the massive, that's a huge knock. Obviously, the wet track could also offset it because it is it does like a soft track as well. Uh, but when I read the form, that was my only query around La Mexicana. And at around $6.50, $7.00. 
yeah, yeah, I think it's like petering a bit too short in the market for me personally. Yeah, I, I was worried about the trip at first, but then you go back, have a look at that race uh, that listed Twilight Glow Stakes. It was pressured quite a lot up front, and it was one of the only horses that was up front in the first half of the field that actually managed to stay on and only really got beat in the last 50 metres or so. So both of my horses that I like, Every Rose and La Mexicana, on pace runners. So that's how I'm going to be playing the surround stakes tomorrow. Let's have a quick look down at Flemington uh, while we get a chance. We've got the Blamey. Um, that's a group two level. What are you like in this one, Nathan? Um, I'm actually going to go, I'm going to give it a, a forgive run first up and uh, second up, I'm pretty keen on 50 stars. Got really good, mm. um, good, good wet track, uh, pardon me, uh, good uh, Flemington form and good, uh, good mile form. Uh, second up, six for two and two. Forgive first up, it was pretty, I just, I just feel like it didn't handle Sydney way. I, I, I did quite like 50 stars in that race, uh, mm. just when it was wet, but uh, I, I'm more than happy to play here. We're getting 750 compared to some of these runners that, you know, aren't I don't think quite as classy. I believe Fifty Stars has won the Blamey before as well. If I'm not, it's mistaken. won the last two years. Yeah, so well, there you go. It's going for three in a, in a row. row. So there you go. So uh, I've got no reason to to get off him at the price. Uh, Barry is a bit of a concern. Hopefully, as long as he gets in. But mm. um, yeah, I don't see too much else I want to play in this race. Yeah, for me, 50 stars going back. I actually had it on top as well, so that's a big tick for that if we're both going to be uh, sticking with it. 50 stars on top for me. The other one I thought was a potential danger is the Godolphin horse. Uh, Best of days. Finally broke a dry spell of, I think, over about two and a half years or so of not winning. So, yeah, I think finally now back in the winner's circle, I think those are the two horses I want to be having to play. And you've also got the Australian Guineas, probably not the strongest crop of three three-year-olds you know looking at it now um that we have some distance from it but what do you like here in the guineas i think the thing about the guineas is it's so hard to to imagine any of the horses from the tagaloa race beating at home tagaloa mm. did all the all everything right as sorry did all the hard work in that race uh for uh, second up for, for him uh last start and all of these are to that form or most of these are to that form line and so it's hard to really nav- navigate what was the best run what was unlucky Every time I looked at the race, I just thought, well, Tagaloa was pretty impressive. And you're getting $4 again. Maybe that's the right one. So if I had to pick one on top, it's probably Tagaloa. But the one I'm going to play at a price, and you spoke about him last week, but just having a gangbusters day on Willie Pike, I'm going to go Dom to shoot uh, at $12 and three sixty dollars a place. That's the one. That's my main play in the race. Um, I thought of all the runs in... Um, uh, in the CS Hayes, that was the best run. And so mm. I'm, I'm happy to go with Dom to shoot. A lot of these at good prices you could probably play as well. But I look hard to see Tagaloa getting beaten. It's a fair favourite. Yeah, for me, I think it's quite interesting that Pike is not on Ole Kirk. It's probably decisions by the uh, Hawks camp. They probably didn't know if Pike, he might have been up in the air with all the COVID issues, whether or not he was coming back to uh, Melbourne. So they probably locked in K-Mac pretty early. So, yeah, for me, I thought that was a little bit interesting. Um, but I like Tagalora as well. For me, I'm not a fan of the price. So one that I do yeah. want to have a play at is Here to Shock. I remember spruiking it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago um, and it ran like a busted nut. It was no <laughs> good, but it had the wide draw. It had to work really, really hard to get to the front and just couldn't stay on. Now, all of a sudden, it's got barrier four. It's got the perfect draw. It should just get to the front. Hopefully, there's not too much pressure up front. And looking at the speed map, it looks like one of the only leaders. Maybe Grand Slam or uh, Jet Propulsion might get... Give it a little bit of a menace up front, but apart from that, I just think you know forty one dollars for it. I think it 
you know, it represents some real decent value. The other one is Zoo Dancer. Um, I think the step up in grade is going to be a real question mark whether or not that vanity uh, form, a different form line, is going to come into it. Although it beat Personal, and Personal we know is actually a half decent horse. So while it won the vanity impressively, I think this is a big step up in grade. I'm going to be having a little play around uh, Zoo Dancer as well. All right, before we uh, tag off here, Nathan, um, we need a best bet for uh, from um, Ramwick or Flemington. How are you going to have a play? Look, I've cheated a little bit. I'm going to have two. I'm going to have one for each meeting uh, <laughs> just because, you know, I feel like it is a very, very good day uh, and a lot of really good chances. Uh, so to start, we'll go Flemington, uh, race four, number six, Subdar. Finally gets a dry track, finally. Uh, Jamie Carr gets on board. They're going to go Flemington straight. Always a query, but I feel like when I looked at this race, I kept coming back to Suda as my on-top pick, and pretty comfortably as well. I thought Laverod was good first up. I thought it was fair, but there aren't too many uh, sort of in the market that I think can beat Suda. I think that you know it, its form lines are pretty impeccable going into Sydney to all-time legend, and then before that. Um, you get, you're looking at Super Seth and Shadow Hero and all these types of horses. Obviously, staying types, but second up, 1,200 metres, looks perfect. And then another one, because I'm not sure if it's going to run in Sydney or Melbourne yet, uh, but we'll go Sydney, uh, race five, number five, Bam's on fire. Uh, if it goes mm. to Sydney, I'm quite keen. Uh, you get around 750. Uh, I believe it's in the Guy Walter. So um, if you're interested in, the, in a play there, uh, quite keen on Bam's on fire. So those are the t- main two. Subda, Bam's on fire, pick, take your pick, multi them up and get, get a return. Yeah, no, hopefully, yeah, we can get a return from both of those. Um, I'm going to be having two plays as well, both of them in Sydney. Uh, I'm going to be having a look at race eight, number 13, Skylab. Now, I made Skylab a next best uh, on the um, graphic a couple of weeks ago, and it absolutely bolted in at a uh, benchmark uh, 78 grade. It's stepping up to 88. The only real concern is probably Great House. That's the only real danger in the race. But I just think that Skylab stepping up to 2,000 metres, it won on probably the worst part of the track back on the inside that day. And it still managed to put them all to bed on, you know, the closing sectionals of that race were really, really impressive. And I think that taking this race into consideration they're probably going to be playing into the Rose Hill Guineas afterwards. So having a bet on the futures markets there might be worth a crack. Um, for me, I've got Skylab on top at $5. Um, and then another one I want to have a play at, it's dual accepted as well. Uh, it could be going to Sydney, it could be going to Melbourne. I think it's going to be race in Sydney because it did trial there um, earlier in the week. And that is race four, number four, I am Superman in the Liverpool City Cup. Another horse. I know he's one of yours, Nathan. Uh, he's currently $13 at the moment, so little each way play, but he trialed the absolute house down the other day at Rose Hill. Um, I thought it was really, really impressive. And tell you what, his record in Sydney is actually half decent. First up, probably not the best. Five starts, two wins, and a um, second in there. But for me, that's good enough, especially at $13. I want to be playing around I Am Superman first up. Well, that's the podcast for this week. Nathan, thanks so much for uh, coming along for the adventure. No worries. Thanks for having me, man. A lot of fun. Yeah, no, a lot of fun as always. Um, Be sure to tune in next week. We went a little bit over time, but hey, that's just us. Um, Be sure to tune in next week um, and good luck on the punt. We're right to run. Red light now. Ready to run. They're all set and they're off and racing. The gates crash back in Wagga Wagga.